Hello, and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. We're going to pick up where we left off last week. We talked about five reasons we're not making disciples. We actually only got through one. So at this pace, it's going to be a little while, but I think this is... We're trying to make these concise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, at the same time... Concise, we we mean over weeks uh, at a time. Yeah, we we want concise, (laughs) but what we also want is good content. Okay, well... If it's not true, then it doesn't matter how concise it is. Yeah, and we want it to be helpful. So we right. we uh, we realized as we talked about that uh, one of the hindrances of making disciples in your life in your church is untraveled territory. Many of you have never had the privilege, not your fault, just to be discipled and invested in by another man if you're a man or a woman if you're a woman consistently, mm-hmm. systematically over the long haul. And so it's very difficult to take someone on a journey you've never been on. It's not right. impossible. But it's difficult. We talked about that last. We time. covered that in your uh, trip into the woods where you cried. Right, but I was a little. I was a little kid and cried. <laughs> oh, that's right. You were a little kid. Okay. Right. So, what is? What are some other reasons we aren't making disciples? The church is not making disciples right now. Um, if it is not, what are the reasons behind that? Okay, let me give you number two. Uh, number two would be I, I think unknown destination charted uh, by the leader, and so we, we don't know where we're heading. And uh, I've said this before, but and I say this a lot. If you if you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it every time. That's okay. an easy target. That's, that's an easy a- target. Right. Right. So we need to understand where we're heading. And so it's important for us to define discipleship, what is discipleship, and then chart a path to get there. You know, a good leader does three things when he goes into an organization. He defines reality, which is hard to do at times, but you need to define reality. Now, when you go into a church or when you go into a ministry, it's important to realize what reality is because your people may not understand what reality, they may think it's different. Right. Right. But you need to define reality. You need to come up with a destination. So define reality, develop or determine a destination. And then finally, you need to develop a plan of action to get there. So what I want to talk about is the destination. Okay. Years ago, I took our staff on a retreat. Uh, We had worked months leading up to this. And I took a whiteboard, which I love to write on a whiteboard, and I drew a man on the board. And I said, this is the goal of what we're trying to do. Everything we do here at our church needs to lead to creating this kind of person. Because if we don't know what we're trying to create, it's very difficult to determine a path to get there. And so I said, what does a faithful, healthy disciple look like at our church? And so here's the picture we drew. So I want you to picture this. In one hand was a worn out Bible. In the other hand was a stamped passport. His feet were in motion, in a sense, moving to the nations and his neighbors, and his eyes were pointed upward toward God. And so what we felt like we wanted is, let's create a man who is in the word until the word gets into him. Let's create a man who is selfless in going to the nations with the gospel. Let's create a man or let's develop a disciple who is always on mission with the gospel. And let's create a man who is uh, doing it all for the glory of God. See, when you understand what you're trying to create, then you work backward on how to get there. Gotcha. Many churches, I mean, I mean, think about this. A lot of churches will say, hey, our, our, what's our mission statement? Our mission statement is to reach the loss at all costs for the glory of God. It has a little rhyme to it. Well, it does rhyme, right? It does rhyme. But the question is, does it work? Or, or, or how does it work? How do you work? make that work? Yeah, right? that's what I ask pastors. That Listen, that is a catchy phrase. It's great. But how do you get there? 
What, what, I mean, it's, we preach on Sunday. Great. What do you do beyond that? What, what are you doing to mo- move people to that destination? And it's important to spend time to define what you, what you mean by discipleship. So let me give you the definition that we use in Replicate. Okay, so here's the definition we came up with. Took a lot of time to develop it. Every word means something. Discipleship is intentionally equipping believers with the word of God through accountable relationships, empowered by the Holy Spirit, in order to replicate faithful followers of Christ. Okay, so let me just break it down. Intentionally equipping believers. Discipleship doesn't happen by happenstance, right? It's not going to happen organically in your church. You're not going to be accidentally discipled. Jesus didn't accidentally choose 12 guys and they accidentally shared the gospel and we accidentally got here 2,000 years later. It, It just didn't happen. No. Okay, so intentionally equipping believers. I've written about this in a book called Rediscovering Discipleship. I devoted the whole chapter to it. But I don't think, Chris, you can disciple an unbeliever. Right. Now, we probably need to do a whole podcast on this because it's really— That's called evangelism. That's called evangelism. We can can cover that other part of disciple making. And I think we do in 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 one of our future podcasts, we will cover that. Yeah, I think we'll do that. But here's what I'm saying. Let's, we can't disciple an unbeliever. Here's why. Because discipleship has to have an object of what you're discipling someone into. Mm-hmm. Like you don't disciple someone into j- just being a good person. You have to say, we're discipling someone into the image of Christ. So there's an object to that. So you have to be a Christian to know Christ and be developed into the image of Christ. If you're an unbeliever, the goal is evangelism to cross the threshold of faith. So intentionally equipping believers with the word of God. It's amazing, and you know this, how many ministries we've come across across that basically say, uh, we want you to be discipled by everything but the Bible. Hmm. Right? That's that's true. I'll tell you a funny story. I was... (laughs) Typically, yeah. T- tell us that. Let me tell you a funny story. I was in Chattanooga, and uh, there's a ministry in town uh, that had their own curriculum. And I'm not against curriculum for the sake of curriculum, but if you are tied to a particular curriculum, you're going to think that's the only way to make a disciple. When Jesus has promised to bless only his word, right? Till heaven and earth pass away, I tell you not the smallest letter or the stroke of the letter will pass away from my word until all these things are accomplished. So the word is powerful. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So we actually try to get people in the word. So the Bible is our textbook. That's what we feel like uh, is impactful. So we were in town, uh, we're out eating and uh, brother Tim was eating lunch. And one of the guys from this other ministry that uh, was trying to always get people to do this curriculum came up to Tim and said, hey, uh, Tim, when are you guys going to start getting men to read men's books? Tim said, said, what do you mean? He said, well, you guys, you know, that's all you want to do is talk about the word. You want to get guys reading the Bible. You want to read. And the Bible's great, he said. He said, I love the Bible. He said, but we need men to read men's men's books. We need men to be wild at heart. We need men to to man up, right? Uh, Biblical manhood. And and, and that's all good stuff. But Tim said, uh, brother, with all due respect, if you read the Bible, it has all the men's studies you want, right? right. Teaches you how to be a godly man. Teaches you how to walk in humility. Teaches right. you how to walk in righteousness. Teaches you how to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Teaches you how to disciple your kids. So what we want people to do is get in the word till they get, the word gets into them. So intentionally equipping believers with the word through accountable relationships, okay? This is what sets discipleship apart from a Bible study, a Sunday school class, a life group meeting. Because you, you may think, well, you know, Robbie, we're making disciples. Right. 
we, 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 have, we have Sunday school. What are you talking about? I've been in Sunday school all my life, which is a part of it. But the problem, Chris, is this, or the challenge is this. How many life group or Sunday school classes have you been in that have generationally reproduced life group Sunday school classes that have generationally reproduced life group and Sunday school classes? Well, that's a, that's a great question. And, and, and typically not many. I think the number one thing ministers of education, spiritual formation pastors, discipleship pastors would say is we constantly push our groups to replicate or multiply. Uh, they like to use the term birth a new group. Uh, makes it a little easier, softer sounding. All the people in the group here is you're coming into my group of friends and you're, you're splitting us all up. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't work on helping people multiply, but you and I both know it's not taking place typically and generally in Sunday school and in small groups in existing churches. Multiplication just does not happen at the level it needs to if churches are going to grow in a healthy biblical way. You know, a lady came, I'll tell you a story, a lady came, another story, a lady came up to me one Sunday uh, when I was talking about discipleship when I was at Brainerd. She was in her late 60s. She said, Pastor, I have to be honest with you. She said, I've never heard a pastor prior to you ever use the word discipleship before. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I said, okay. She said, here's the challenge though. She said, I have done everything the church, and this is no indictment against the church I was pastoring because she just had come to the church. She said, I have, I have done everything the church and the pastors have told me to do. I've come every week. I've gotten my kids in church. They have been to camp and they were in Sunday school and both of them have fallen away and they don't come back to church. Tell me why. Well, what's crazy is, and you saw this recently, this uh, this new stat from Barna um, that might kind of lean into that a little bit. Uh, very recent, I think, just uh, yeah. Tell uh, us about that. May of 2018, I believe they the research uh, came out and uh, basically said 51 percent of churchgoers have heard the Great Commission. Not have not have claimed they have not not heard, heard have of not heard the Great Commission. <laughs> Have not heard of the Great Commission. Wow. So over half of people who attend churches, these yeah. are not just random people on the street. These are people who attend churches. Over half have uh, have not heard of the Great Commission. And even probably even sadder is 76% total have have uh, have not heard or they have heard, but they don't know what it means. 6% don't even know what, what you're talking about. Yeah, my, yeah, my yeah, favorite is the I'm not 6%. even sure. It's yeah, it's just it's the six percent are like, huh? What's up? <laughs> um, and these are church goers again. These are people who attend churches. So eighty three percent. Here's the total: eighty three percent of people have either never heard the Great Commission or they have heard, but they have no clue what it means. You think that may uh, and lie the problem, right? Uh, uh, that may be the well, problem. Well, if you're talking about an unknown destination, uh, which you did, you know, last time, untraveled territory, but you're talking about an unknown destination, the reason is the it could potentially be the people don't know what we're all about, what we're supposed to be about as believers. Yeah, I think I think you're right. So here, here's here's let me just finish this discipleship. Uh, definition, and then I think will be helpful for us. Just think through where we're heading. Intentionally equipping believers with the Word of God through accountable relationships, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Oh, back to our accountability. The accountability part is what you don't get in a large gathering. You cannot get deep accountability with another brother or another sister in a large gathering. A guy's not going to walk in and confess sin with his wife there. His wife's not going to walk in and confess sin with other guys there. So it, it's just not going to happen in a larger gathering. But, but then you see this empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I heard years ago um, 
a bunch of Chinese Christians came from China. There was this movement uh, in underground churches in China. They wanted to come to America to see what God was doing in America. When they went back to China, they asked them, hey, how was your trip to America? Here's what one of the Chinese pastors said. He said, it's amazing how much Americans attempt to do separate and apart from the work of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit in their life. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Now, uh, I, yeah. that's an indictment on me. How sure. often do I try to do things in my own strength, in my own power? I think that's why Paul told Timothy, you therefore my child, 2 Timothy 2.1, you therefore my child, be strengthened in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust the faithful men who are able to teach others also. Why does Paul not just go into give your life away to other men so they give it away to others? He starts with an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Here's why. Because he knows discipleship is tough. He knows it's difficult. That's why Jesus starts the Great Commission that way. He doesn't say, all right, guys, you're everybody in? Okay, come on up. Go make disciples, baptizing, teaching. He doesn't say that. He says, hold, hold on, all authority and heaven and earth has been given to me. You're not going to lose this mission. In fact, we've already won the mission. Go play the game. So intentionally equipping believers with the word of God through accountable relationships empowered by the Holy Spirit in order to replicate faithful followers of Christ. Here's the key. This is the, this is the hinge point of all discipleship, I think. The process of disciple making is not complete until the mentee becomes a mentor. The player becomes a coach, okay? Because if you're only a cistern of truth, meaning you're only someone who is a consumer of information where you're learning and checking boxes and filling blanks of Bible knowledge, and you're not a disseminator or a channel of blessing of truth to other people, then you have never arrived at the place where I think Jesus expects. See, the word disciple is learner, but it's learner leading to doer. It's not coming and checking a spiritual box to sit on a pew on Sunday and watch the uh, clergy uh, do the ministry while the laity sits idly by. That's not what discipleship is. The, the, here's what I told our church when I first got to Long Hollow. And you may remember this. Right after I got here, I said, listen, uh, and discipleship was kind of a, I wouldn't say new concept, but it was something that, that people were trying to figure out, what is he talking about? Why, why, why is he spending so much time on discipleship, disciple making? Here's what I told our church. I said, if you want to gauge the effectiveness of my personal ministry here over the long haul of my time here at Long Hollow, don't just grade the scorecard of me personally, how I execute all the ministry myself. What we're going to see, and, and this is what I want you to hold me to, is that success or effectiveness as a pastor is not just how well we do all the ministry or we execute all the ministry. Chris, it's how well we equip the saints to partner with us to do the work of ministry. You got to understand, Jesus's ministry never went outside of an 80-mile radius. I mean, Jesus was in, he never, he never wrote a book. He never preached a, 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 a conference, a big conference. He never traveled outside of uh, the region of his hometown. Did he ever tweet out pictures of himself making statements that he made? from his own Twitter account. I don't think he did it. 
Well, here's the funny thing. He never These used days, Twitter or Instagram. I promise you, he didn't have to tell people what he said. Uh, the, people the were talking that, about him. Yeah, the uh, the thing that's that's interesting is these days we hear about leadership pipelines, how to raise up new leaders, um, and, and we do. I feel have a leadership void within the local church. I've spent six, seven years doing nothing but training, going to churches, and equipping churches, and being in those churches and talking to those leaders. And more often than not, the key leader is wanting me to come in and sell the people on something that he. He cannot. He's saying, come in and show us how to, to do discipleship or come in and, and show us how to get to the next level and whatever. And it's not that they don't necessarily know how sometimes. Sometimes it's because it's because he doesn't want to take those steps or doesn't have the leadership necessarily to take those steps to get to that next level. And and that's not every situation, but that's a lot. And I think with the leadership pipeline push that's coming from a lot of different ministries, um, and some of those are really good, and, and we definitely should look into that. But as you're mentioning this unknown uh, destination, nation and you're talking about what we want to see and what we want to achieve and what we want people to be looking like on the other side. A lot of it is leaders being raised up as disciples to be that leader. So you're talking about, you know, look at the evidence of who we're investing in, look at our people as we equip them to go and do the ministry. Um, That is the leadership pipeline. It's looking out at the people and discipling them biblically. And that's why I think, you know, when we say we aren't making disciples, one of those key things is we don't know where to go and how to get there. Or I would say you're on it. And I would say most people have kicked the ball down the field and stopped and the ball stopped at a certain yard line. And what I'm saying is kick it all the way to the end zone. Most people say, hey, we're playing ball. We kicked it to the baptism line. We baptize people. We look, praise God. I mean, you, you see it on Twitter, Facebook. You see it everywhere. People talking about, man, we had hundreds of people get saved, hundreds of people baptized. Listen, praise God for that. I want to respond, although I don't. I want to respond and say, in a love with the love of Christ, of course, right? I mean, what now? Now what? Like, what do you do with the people now? Well, we don't know. We baptize them, tell them to suck it up. We'll see you next week. No, no, no. That's not what Jesus did. See, when the disciples, I personally believe, baptized 3,000 people in those mikvahs or those baptistries outside of the temple in the first century in Jerusalem, they had the overwhelming task now of 120 people trying to figure out how to disciple 3,000. They didn't say, hey, go back home and figure it out yourself. Oh, but we'll see you next week at the synagogue. Well, and, and if you think about it, a lot of times these days we also see uh, someone will tweet out or Facebook or post or Instagram, um, you know, this week we had a thousand decisions or whatever the number may be. And, uh, and that's great because I think we should all celebrate what's happened there. But my next thought is what are they going to do with those 400, 330, whatever the number is? And it seems like exactly what you're saying. We're celebrating the 60 decisions but then we're looking to next week to see 61 decisions versus what work is going to take place now to ensure that each of these 60 is biblically discipled. So we're not looking at uh, those folks walking away and, and falling through the cracks and going out the back door and just bringing in, like you say, skipping over those folks and finding new ones to, to come in and, and make that initial number look good. Yeah. And I'll leave you guys with this because this is something I've been thinking about a long time. When you put together a discipleship paradigm or a strategy in your church, you, in a sense, are preparing the the, the fields for the harvest. That's what you're doing. Because let's be honest, 
if God would grant your prayer, like, like I'm praying to God, send revival to my church, send revival to my city, send revival to this country. Let's say God would answer that prayer of yours in the way he did in the first century, Acts chapter two, where 3000 people get saved and baptized in your church Sunday. Here's the question. Do you have an infrastructure to disciple 3000 people tomorrow? Most of us, including me, probably would say, there's no way. Right. Like, there's no way we could we could do that. So what I believe is this. If you begin to take these slow, sure steps, coming up with a, a, a path to travel on, coming up with a destination to get to, you're going to start seeing discipleship happen in your church. Next week, we'll come together, Chris. I'll give you the third one, which is really the reason I think people don't make disciples is because they have unrealistic expectations of what discipleship is and what discipleship isn't. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.